Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with Daniel Mulligan. It's a snowy day here, Dan, in Toronto. How's it going? Hey, man, buddy. How's it going? How are you? Good to see you and good to hear from you, basically. Uh, I heard that even in Vancouver, there was snow basically these days, and I was really surprised to hear that. So if there's snow in Vancouver, then there's definitely snow in Toronto. <laughs> well, you know, ironically, the time that uh, Vancouver was snowing, there was no snow in Toronto, but now there's wow, still. Man. Yes, yes, it's kind of climate change, right? I know it's insane. Now, however, today the storm is brewing. It's it's crazy. It's pretty good. Uh, love it. Anyways, well, so actually, do you like this kind of weather? By the way, I'm curious. I mean, occasionally it's fun because it's kind of like challenging. You have to. Like you're commuting, you have to walk your way through it, or etc. So eh, every now and again, I think it's good. I, in terms of weather, I like change of seasons and change of weather. I don't like, so I'm not a fan of, say, California weather, where there's always sunny, relatively mild weather. So I'm not a oh, big fan of on, like. Man. California's got the best weather in the of course. world. Well, man. Seriously, <laughs> so yes. I love the sun. I don't know. I love sun. I love. Maybe that's why I, I'm so much into like the weather pattern of, let's say, the Middle East. Right. I, I kind of like sunny, uh, basically, weathers, even though personally, uh, I have to spend more time in the usually less sunny areas, uh, mainly yeah. northern Europe, Russia, and uh, uh, of course, in uh, basically uh, northeastern United States. But generally speaking, it is still, you know, my preference to spend time in, you know, rather sunnier, uh, basically, uh, climates. I don't know, it's just my preference, but I do know that it yep. depends on your personality. And that usually yep. deeper type people tend to like this type of weather. Unfortunately, probably mm. I'm getting, I'm not very deep. Maybe I don't know, but but still, that's <laughs> a very good story. Yeah. <laughs> it's not well. It's not so. This is the thing. I mean, well, first of all, this is not our topic, but it's fun to talk about these stuff sometimes. So the thing is, um, I don't dislike sunny weather. There's, like, there's absolutely, I have absolutely no problem with sun, rain, snow. None of them. My point is that when one of them persists. Then I get bored of it. I'm like, okay, now it's time for a change. That's why I mentioned California. It's not California for a day, for a week, for a month. It's great. But if it's for 12, year, 12 months a year, then I'm like, well, mm, California is not always sunny, by the way. I mean, I know. as you know, California, it's not always sunny. There's, of course, winter, there's rain, there for are sure. cloudy days. There are, of course, but these like two are days a year. But the frequency <laughs> and in terms of like the total number of sunny day, of course, you're right. Uh, it's definitely, there's a lot more basically sun in, uh, let's say, yeah. LA than there is in Toronto. Right. No, I mean, I, ultimately, I'm trying to say I like change. That's basically what I'm saying. Wow, that's cool. Yes. And by the way, right yeah. now, Toronto, so you guys see all sorts of, I guess, I'm guessing climates, or it's mainly on the cool, cloudy side. No, you would be surprised how hot and humid it gets during summer. It gets oh, a little wow. bit annoying. Yeah. You guys yeah, turn here into some sort of lake or ocean or sea or something? Quite a lot of lakes around Toronto, uh, all over Ontario, basically. A lot of big right. and small lakes. Like, um, uh, if you count all the lakes, small ones and big ones, I think it's uh, on the order of a few thousand uh, lakes. Oh, in my goodness. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder. Yeah. Wow. Well, guess what? You got to have to put up with this because if you like Toronto, you got to stick with it, you know, through thick and thin. Whether it's cold yeah. and beautiful and, I don't know, like perhaps romantic or hot and humid. You just got to stick around, oh, right? Yeah. You know it. No, it's good. Uh, like it. Uh, doesn't matter. Life is, life is good. We move forward. Um, Fantastic. And we, um, we move forward to our topic today. Now, there's a concept you mentioned in the past that I recall. And I thought we can, we can give, it a, give, it a, give it a talk. So let's talk about it. Um, and that was a concept of 
micro thinking versus macro thinking. Now, mm -hmm. can you very briefly for the for the for the people who haven't thought, uh, heard of this uh, concept, uh, can you can you very briefly explain what is a, a micro thinking and what is a macro thinking by definition? Well, uh, to put it simple, basically, micro thinking involves paying attention to details and small steps along the way towards achieving a specific objective. Uh, whereas macro thinking is about the big picture. It's about what's it all about and how we can actually put it all together and looking from a bird's eye view rather, right? And uh, quite frankly speaking, I myself, as you probably know, I'm a macro thinker, which is why in my teams, usually I always uh, have to make use of those who are micro thinkers because I'm not very good at micro thinking. I like to just get things done and move on to the next, whereas micro thinkers generally would like to get down to the details and process the information on a far deeper level, try to, you know, put it all together. And there are more left brain thinkers, if you will. And uh, uh, I'm uh, generally speaking, I'm more of a right brain, basically, thinker. And as you perhaps already know, the major differences between the right brain thinkers and the left brain thinkers is how they approach life. So uh, one of those features for the right brain thinkers, uh, like me, actually, is they are macro thinkers. They just see the big picture and they don't pay so much attention to the details. And of course, we're generally those who are right uh, brain thinkers are more creative. Uh, they are rather more emotional. They both express and feel emotions on a deeper level. And more importantly, they tend to uh, have a creative side to themselves. On the other hand, the left brain thinkers are more logical. They are more rational, less emotional, and uh, more linear in their thinking. So they often are not as creative as right brain thinkers, but they generally put the dots together much better, which is why a lot of the left brain thinkers are found in engineering and science and fields where it requires lots of processing of you know, uh, information, uh, whereas you find right brain thinkers mainly in fields of arts, performance, business, and uh, politics, where it's mainly about the emotions and the people side of it, basically. So both are important, both are necessary, and all teams, operations, and projects function best when there are people who are both macro and micro thinkers. But in the end, uh, you have to, of course, know whether or not you're a micro person or a macro, because that's going to help you to first decide what kind of life you should lead, because if you are a macro thinker, and you have a lifestyle where you need to be more of a micro thinker, you probably will not be as uh, engaged with your life and vice versa. If you are a, a micro thinker and you put yourself, let's say, in a, all of a sudden in a leadership position, then you will find it extremely challenging, stressful, and you feel overwhelmed very easily because uh, in leadership, generally, uh, top leaders are quite macro thinkers, so they do not really put so much attention to details. They're just about, go, let's go get it done. And if someone who is, let's say, a micro thinker who pays so much attention to every detail and is overthinking, it, he or she will easily get overwhelmed by simple decisions uh, that comes with leadership. So both are important. Both are necessary. And uh, generally speaking, if you know your type, just go for it and make a lifestyle around that. Ah, excellent. That was a that was a very good and brief um, description to the uh, to the to the whole concept. Now, I heard uh, one of our mutual um, uh, persons of interest, uh, Jocko Willink, talk about in leadership talk about tactics versus strategy. Can we basically sort of like relate to that? Like tactics are Absolutely. more Absolutely. Right. Okay. Yeah. So for for I'm those who for, haven't for, heard for, of it, basically just for our listeners, because you're right. also. A uh, basically, uh, you're a listener of the Jocko podcast. Would you not go in details and tell our listeners briefly, because maybe some of them don't exactly understand the difference between tactics and strategies? Right. So Jocko, what um, what Jocko? Uh, so well, for people who don't know, definitely go, go Google Jocko Willink. He's a, um, a retired Navy SEAL. 
um, yeah, commander. Now he he talks about this concept of tactics versus strategy. So tactics are basically the minute by minute uh, uh, operations and tasks that you have to uh, carry out while you are on the field. Decisions that you have to make tactically, like uh, should I go get covered behind that car or this brick or whatever? Um, should we just uh, go flank them, for example? Flanking. These are all tactics on the field at the moment, minute by minute. Now, strategy from from Jacko's perspective is basically um, looking at the big picture, as you as you would say, um, looking at okay, what what it takes overall to win this battle or win this war or whatnot. So, so it's a little bit more. So, basically, uh, bringing this analogy back to our um, to your subject of micro thinking and macro thinking, tactics could could be basically uh, in the category of micro thinking, like details and nooks and crannies at the moments, etc. Whilst um, strategy would fit into the category of macro thinking, essentially meaning the big picture, what is at play in a in a whole general sense, without uh, paying attention, paying too much attention to the very details or and like a tiny stuff in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. So that's basically the Absolutely. gist of it. Very well yeah. said. Very well so, said precisely. And they now, correspond with my, macro and micro thinking, of course. Very well. Yes, exactly. So now, I mean, obviously we need both kind of thinking in, in, in a general sense, not as an individual, but if you're running an operation, if there's an operation being ran, essentially, you need people who are tactically wise, you're think, paying attention to details, engineering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you also need to um, to have leaders who are who are um, thinking in a very more abstract, uh, big picture kind of kind of kind of point of view, right? And, and both sides so, need each other. I mean, let's be honest. A exactly. leader cannot function well. I mean, if you just keep a leader right now who is a macro thinker and ask him to do things alone, he will just he will just ruin everything. He will friggin' just ruin the whole thing right. because he cannot page the details, right? On the other hand, if you have uh, tacticians who are great at details, but they have no perspective and they are not able to be uh, led by, let's say they don't have a, you know, a good leader, they will also can't achieve much because that's very, very important. And ironically, it's rare to find anyone who has both characteristics as their dominant forms of thinking. It's usually one or the other. And that oftentimes determines whether or not uh, they will uh, tend to uh, be more inclined towards uh, more detail-oriented professions, lifestyles, and approaches towards life versus those who are more towards, uh, let's say, decision-making as well as general goal-setting, vision, uh, and other things that are important for them. So these two are very, very important, and uh, both are important. Uh, macro thinkers are not necessarily uh, superior, nor uh, micro thinkers are inferior. It's just that they are two different functions. They, uh, their functions are very different, yet at the same time, they are both necessary in every team organization in the society. Precisely. That's very well said. Now, that's that, so I think um, uh, from that perspective, then it's very good if you know if you're mostly a macro thinker or micro thinker. So you have an idea of what you're missing, essentially. And for that purpose, in, a, in, a, in an endeavor, let's say a mission or uh, operation, whatever, you can basically help get help from people you trust that are, that are so, say, you're a macro thinker and, and you know somebody who's a micro thinker and you really trust them. So you can basically consult in the process or like this task requires detail-oriented thinking and paying attention to every single uh, step. So maybe you should carry out carry this out, James, right? So would you agree with this basically distribution of tasks? And first of all, understanding who you are uh, in terms of whether you think, uh, are you a macro thinker or a micro thinker? 
and um, and notice that there is a limitation to what, however you're thinking, and you can use the help of others, your teammates, your, your um, uh, board of trustees, essentially, if you will, um, to basically further your further your uh, capabilities with their help. Would you agree with this concept? Absolutely. First of all, as you know me, I'm all about teamwork. I believe that nothing great happens alone. No matter how talented you are, no matter how great you are, life is about we, not about me. And success in all areas of life requires a team, which is why I believe that I myself right now, I cannot do anything all alone with myself. Everything I got right now is a result of my cooperation people around me with their help with their basically, but by being around me, I've managed to do certain things for myself. So I do understand the importance of teamwork. And that is why uh, being able to fully identify your inclination in this regard, knowing whether you're a macro or a micro thinker is very essential when it comes to making decisions and achieving the targets of any organization. And we're not just talking about business here, man. It's, it applies to everything. It applies to friendship. It applies to relationship. It applies to many things. Think of like a couple right now. So usually if you look at like gender, generally men tend to incline more towards being a macro thinker. And women uh, tend to incline towards being more of a micro thinker. So again, this is just average. For every basically woman who is a uh, basically micro thinker, there are many women who are macro thinkers. And the same thing applies to men. But generally, if you look at like the average, usually uh, uh, men tend to be a lot more micro thinkers than uh, macro thinkers than that of women, which tend to be more micro thinkers. So men like to look at a big picture and they want to somehow uh, look at things rather from an outside perspective. But we're not very good with details. On the other hand, women tend to be quite good with details in almost everything, whether it is choosing the color of their, let's say, dress or whether it's to try to you know, choose this school for the kids or the other school. So women pay a lot more attention to details, basically. Oh, and by the way, they always look at three things when you look at a man, the shoes, the watch and the belt. So guys, please take right. care of these three elements. If you want to, if you want to succeed with women, please take care of these three elements because most guys really are horrible at these three things. They just think about like, oh, I got this cool car right now. It's going to get the girls. Focus on these three elements, the shoes, the belt, and the watch. But for now, overall, that's something else. Generally, women pay a lot of attention to these things. And because of this, they are generally, tend to, uh, generally you know, more micro thinkers. However, if you know that, for example, your partner, your girlfriend, your wife is more of a micro thinker, then you will not try to also uh, become a micro thinker. You try to think more about thinking about the big big picture because uh, ultimately a good team requires both approaches. And uh, if you think of like marriage, a couple as a team, as a teammate of two, uh, then of course, if you realize that your partner, for example, is more of a micro thinker, then you better learn to uh, think like a macro thinker. Now, obviously the best type of relationships, especially, you know, romantic ones are the ones where one side is more of a micro thinker, the other is macro. But if, for example, both sides are macro thinkers, this is cause a lot of problems in the long run because neither side really pays a lot of attention to details and that could cause some problems. And if both are micro thinkers, then this team lacks, you know, substantial leadership. So any little crisis can get them fully distracted and off basically target. So having that balance in any team, be it personal, like family, uh, be it professional, like your company or corporation, they're all important. And once you know this, then you have to let both sides make decisions and be involved in making decisions. Otherwise, the results will be uh, quite basically uh, problematic. A great example is, I uh, think of a team 
where uh, the team gets super involved. For example, like, think of like an IT company right now that they start uh, developing this great, cool app. And the team, basically, primarily made of engineers, is made of all these people who are so involved with making the best app possible. They're involved with the numbers. They engage with the stats and uh, what are the things in this one and how, how is the RAM functioning in this regard. And they spend all their, uh, basically, focus on the inner designs of that app and then they release the app. And then they are super busy trying to come up with the uh, updates for that app. And then the manager comes and says, guys, listen, uh, we got the numbers in. Like, we are not making any profit from this uh, sales of this, for example, app right here. Because for uh, the, the customers are not buying. They're, they're doing the trial version here. And they try our app for seven days. And then they, and then actually don't make a purchase. So we are not making money. And that's the job of the leader. You see, the leader will look at the big picture. What's, what's the main goal of this company? Other than serving the customers, profitability. So he says, guys, listen, I, I know because the micro thinkers all of a sudden are busy with the details. Like, listen, man, I, I removed this bug and then this one was removed. And the apps, I think it looks much better with green than with yellow. So they're busy with the details, but they cannot fully focus on the major mission of the company, which is profitability through IT development, right? So it's the job of the leader, therefore, here to come and say, guys, listen, uh, we're going to have to do so. I, I know this is great. I know it functions very well on the system on both iOS and on Android. But we're not selling on iTunes or on basically Play Store. We're going to have to tweak it a little bit so we can find ways to actually subscribe to our app. And that's a great example of conflict when there's lack of micromanagement. On the other hand, if we only have micromanagement, like, so guys, we got the money, let's make the app. What do we make? I don't know. What, what apps are making money? Let's just copy them. That's another great example of a failure here because if you all have only micro basically managers who are only focused focus on the target, then no creativity happens, no you know job gets done, and nothing moves forward. So having both in any team is absolutely essential, whether it's a personal relationship, uh, I don't know, for a couple to make a plan, uh, let's say for their uh, vacation, or for a team to make plans about their sales, about their success, as well as their company. Two excellent examples. One. The, uh, the relationship stuff, and one, the, the app development uh, <laughs> genre. Excellent. Loved it. Now, in the middle of your talk, you mentioned uh, developing and learning the other catalog of uh, thinking, meaning if you're micro learning macro, if you're macro learning micro. Now, how That's does right. one go about developing the other uh, side or either side of uh, this catalog of thinking? Uh, how do you <laughs> become more of a macro thinker if necessary? And how do you become more of it because by nature there's something innate in you uh, depending absolutely. on your genes or whatnot but I, i'm pretty sure you can make it adjustment a little bit right absolutely true yes of course uh, there are many ways for a macro thinker to become a micro thinker but as we know if things don't come natural to you they will involve a lot of effort and repetition to make it happen so right. uh, for me personally as a macro, uh, macro thinker it's going to be a lot harder for me to do things that require me to be a micro thinker that is, it involves more stress, it takes more basically mental energy, and oftentimes it leads to, um, if, if it continued for a long time, it actually could lead to being overwhelmed. The same thing applies to microthinkers. So, am I a fan of like making and transforming a microthinker into a complete microthinker? I think doing so would be like trying to make somebody who's absolutely not fit for, let's say, basketball to be the number one best player in the world, or somebody who's probably not very good with numbers to become a mathematician. Uh, I think that we all have strengths and weaknesses. And uh, while there are those who believe that we should try to fix our weaknesses, I'm a fan of always accepting your weaknesses as what they are and then doubling down on your strengths because that approach ironically works much better in the long run 
than trying to fix. I.e., it's much better for us to accept our you know, features, both good and bad, shortcomings, and just say, this is who I am. And then double down on our strengths than it is to try to be less of who we are. So think of, for example, somebody who is extremely introverted and shy. Well, he definitely, through a lot of education and practice, can become a lot more, let's say, extroverted and try to perhaps, I don't know, pursue a career in politics. But that will involve a lot of stress. And more importantly, will he become, I don't know, one of the best politicians ever lived? I highly doubt it. Now, what if the same person opted to become an author or an engineer or, I don't know, an inventor? Probably he or she could actually do a lot more, right? So uh, am I a fan of complete transformation of these critical things? So as he were talking about like left brain and right, this is not just about your psychology. We're talking about pure biology here, because this is a matter of biology. It's a matter of your hormonology. Uh, so for example, if your body releases more testosterone as a man, you are inclined to be a lot more micro, uh, macro thinker. That is, you, you're a big picture thinker. Whereas if your body produces, let's say, less testosterone, more cortisol, you are inclined to be more of a micro thinker, even if you're a guy. Uh, the same thing goes with women. Women who produce more testosterone tend to be more uh, macro thinkers and vice versa. So this is not just about your psychology. It's not just about your habits. We're talking about biology here. You were talking about hormones and many other factors. So because of this, I'm a huge fan of uh, trying to know which one uh, you are by nature and then trying to design a lifestyle around that to, to reduce stress and boredom and increase what we call flow. The, this psychology of happiness describes uh, emotion of flow as being absorbed in your life. That's when you're using your talents and your abilities to meet the demands of your life and your job and your tasks. So that, with that being said, if you're extreme micro thinker or extreme macro thinker, then you will also be you know, unable, to, unable to do things by yourself. And that's not good either because you'll be fully dependent. In that case, yes, it is possible to improve your uh, let's, less dominant side slightly to a point. Uh, but if you want to fully transform yourself, you're probably better off not doing that because that's probably going to be a waste of your time. But some of the tips I can suggest to a macro thinkers to become more of a micro thinker is by simply engaging in the practices of solitude, thinking, and more importantly, trying to get themselves away from the situation. Because a lot of the macro thinkers, uh, unfortunately, they are so much engaged with planning and organizing that they don't really look at where the project is going, what, how the relationship is going, and they need to actually be more engaged and in tune. So by them slowing down, looking at the small details of what is happening, basically, and trying to discuss things with those who are micro thinkers, they will gradually learn to think more like them and can actually understand them. And of course, the same thing applies to microthinkers. By being around macrothinkers, by asking them questions and seeing how they describe the world, they, they can, of course, uh, install that pattern in their head and they try to actually imitate those way of thinking and by asking the same questions. Because microthinkers and macrothinkers focus differently and they ask different questions. So the best way to imitate a microthinker, if you're a macrothinker, is to change your focus, that is the details, and to ask different questions. So... Uh, a macro, in, a, in the same example we mentioned, like the app, basically, uh, the developing company. So the macro thinker says, what is our objective? What is our target? What is our quota? How well are we selling? How well are the team functioning? Are we meeting the deadlines? These are different questions. Whereas the micro thinker says, what are the apps? What code should I use? What language should we use? Is the app functioning well? How much battery is consuming on this? So they are asking very different questions. And by literally being around uh, micro thinkers or macro thinkers, you can literally ask the same questions from yourself. 
And of course, as we know in NLP, if you ask, if you change your questions, uh, you will get different results and different answers and of course, different emotional states. And the same thing applies to this process. However, with that being said, I'm still uh, vehemently against trying to fully tr uh, transform yourself and become the opposite of who you really are naturally, because that will make you fake. And more importantly, since it will not allow you to use your natural talents, you will fall behind those who are using your natural talents. And that's, in our competitive society, almost a recipe for disaster. Lovely. Let me see if I can um, transform myself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Devel <laughs> developing on my weaknesses, I, I rather. Uh, okay, so now we're at the end of our episode or podcast. Now I'm wondering if there's anything you would like to... Um, if, if there's anything we haven't talked about or you want to basically summarize. Well, first of all, what a great topic you chose, Bujic. So thank you for that. Today we talked about micro versus macro thinking. And we discussed what it really means to be a micro or a macro thinker. We mentioned that micro coming from the, these are both, by the way, uh, Greek words, micro uh, meaning small and uh, tiny. Uh, you focus on micro uh, and small details around you. Whereas a macro or large, focus on the big picture. And this actually allows you to make very different decisions. So a micro thinker focuses on the details of any operation, whereas a macro thinker focuses on where this operation is going. And this is very, very critical for us to know how to combine both micro and macro thinkers in all teams, because that is absolutely necessary. Because having a team made of solely macro thinkers means nothing gets created and nothing gets done. And having a team full of micro thinkers means things get done, but nobody knows where, where they're headed, actually. And ultimately, the results might not be acquired. So by having a team made of both, that will lead to major, major, uh, basically, uh, enhancement overall and uh, allows people to somehow create a far better relationship with each other and uh, acquire much more results down the line. And we also talked about how it's possible for macro thinkers and micro thinkers to understand one another. And more importantly, if you're an extreme micro thinker or an extreme macro thinker, how is it possible for you to somehow uh, work a little bit on your uh, less dominant side and understand how you can actually become more of the other side. But then again, as uh, we've discussed earlier, it is best not to try to fully become someone you're not because that's going to make you fake. And uh, ultimately, it prevents you from competing with those uh, who are basically using their natural strength to do the same job. And ultimately, knowing these two things can help you a lot in making not only decisions for yourself, but also for people around you, uh, your family, your loved ones, and of course, your companies and organizations. Awesome, Dan. As always, thank you for spending your time with us. It's my pleasure, buddy. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And until a later episode, have a good one.